to do an estimate now or a guess of a date is not constructive for us. So we will go slow here. We are building a transit project for the next 150, 200 years. I'm not rushing through this phase. I'm making sure we get it right and declaring a date when the time is right to declare a date. And the time is not right now. That was then CEO of Metrolinx, Phil Verster, holding a press conference with no information as to when the line would be open. A line that was supposed to be open a few years ago, a few billions of dollars ago, and then we learn, oh no, it's got all sorts of problems. So like, what is the expectation of when we might be able to use this multi-billion dollar uh, transit line? And, and finally, we seem to get some answers, but of course, it, it requires a lot of digging, which is what my next guest did, and that is uh, Sabrina Nanji, journalist and founder over at uh, Queen's Park Observer. Great to have you, Sabrina. I'm sure you've given uh, Phil Verster and uh, probably the premier a bit of a headache today, but uh, glad you did. Good, good of you to join us. All, all in the name of public accountability and transparency, Alex, because you're right, you know, this uh, you know, more than $12 billion transit line has been delayed for years with virtually no um, transparency, accountability, or even certainty for the public and the businesses in that neighborhood, especially um, that are really feeling the delay of the Eglinton Crosstown LRT. Yeah. And so what are your sources telling us, or you, sorry, not us, but you, that Phil Verser couldn't say two weeks ago? Yeah, so essentially, as you mentioned, Metrolinx isn't publicly saying when this long-delayed project will open for service, but behind closed doors, the Provincial Transit Agency is working with a specific timeline. Um, now, you know, I just want to preface this by saying that the, the, the agency says they're 90% sure that it will happen, <laughs> but internally, they are, they are working with a timeline that this will be up and running by the end of 24. Uh, so I think we can expect this might be the, the Christmas gift, uh, you know, a long overdue Christmas gift to the city. This timeline has also been communicated to senior officials in the Ford government. Uh, but for now, you know, the comms plan uh, was not to announce this uh, un until about three months out from from the opening date, just so they can be sure. Because as you said, you know, uh, they faced so many from the public on this, and Phil Verster in particular, I mean, people are calling on him to step down despite him recently having his contract renewed uh, because this has been such a mess. Yeah, and and we have other infrastructure projects that are kind of in the queue. Hamilton certainly doing a massive transit project, and Metrolinx, I guess, is supposed to front run, you know, put the front run on that. Again, if these agencies, which are just another um, level of bureaucracy, and they seem accountable to nobody, and there's very little, if any, transparency. Um, you know, if they're going to front more transit projects, they've got to be built differently. You know, we cannot have transit projects that are two, three years late, billions over budget, and then get absolutely no uh, clarity or expectations of when it will be open. Because to, to your point before, there's a 10% chance it won't open. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good chance there could be more delays. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's sort of the thinking here from Metrolinx that while this, you know, while the public could really use some certainty at this point, they really can't be 100% confident in it. And I think mainly uh, while, you know, we're, we're very close to, to the end of, of this thing being completed, I mean, there's 
still, I think the bulk of what remains is um, the testing of it and making sure that all the systems are integrated and communicating well. I mean, just look at what happened last night with the big transit delays and and, uh, the GO train. Mm -hmm. So I think they want to make sure that when this thing does open, um, that there, that, that it'll be running smoothly. Um, at this point, that's a big if. And so obviously it's a big enough if that Phil Verster and Metrolinx does not feel comfortable to communicate this to the public. And, and pardon me for being such a cynic, but you need only look to Ottawa. It's been, it's the same a joint project, same kind of players. Uh, I think that, that was also crafted in the, in the Win McGinty years. But again, I, there's a deal. It's been a disaster. The thing doesn't work. It gets too hot. It melts. The thing uh, gets too cold. It goes off the tracks. The thing is down uh, more than it's up. And, and is that the concern here? Is that they've got like another lemon? I think certainly, you know, there are lessons from what's happened with Ottawa's LRT uh, in particular. And I'm just not sure if that is enough to justify, you know, not being um, as specific as they can be to the public here. I think um, certainly, you know, all levels of government to have have a stake in this. And um, you mentioned, you know, this sort of uh, it undermines the confidence that the public might have in our government's abilities to get transit built, whereas we know the Ford government at Queen's Park has one of the most ambitious transit plans on the table right now with the Ontario mm-hmm. line. And, uh, you know, we just recently had the, the latest RFPs for that go through. So it even seems like the Ontario line mm-hmm. is doing a little bit better than the Crosstown at this point. Um, and, and, you know, we still actually don't even have answers on what the final cost of the LRT, uh, the Eglinton LRT is going to be, because, of course, you know, as Phil Verster said, there's hundreds of technical issues and defects that they're still sorting out. He sort of put the blame um, at Crosslinks Transit Solutions, that consortium that's building the line. You know, the consortium says it's not them. They've sued the province. So I think, you know, even when it comes to like a final sticker price for this long delayed project, I mean, you know, it, it comes down to public accountability. I don't know. Maybe they should go back to the Sir John A. Macdonald uh, days and s- see what he did to get a line built across the country. Because uh, in 10 years, he managed to do that. Um, and we in 2023 can't get one. The other question, uh, Sabrina, and I don't know if anyone's asked this of Phil Verse or even the premier, but there's no housing built on top of that line. How did not one structure to accommodate all the, the housing we need not go up over that line? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, transit and, and housing go hand in hand. And while the province has uh, you know, made moves in, in other projects and other parts of the province, um, I think certainly it, it's going to raise a bunch of questions. I mean, we are still reeling from the Greenbelt debacle here yeah. and, you know, Auditor General's experts saying that the government did not need uh, Greenbelt lands to fulfill this promise to build 1.5 million homes over a decade. So I think certainly people are going to be asking questions about you know, where transit is going and where it's appropriate for for uh, for housing to go and, and in connection with public transit as well. Yeah, I drive by that line every day and I just shudder and go, what a wasted opportunity. And and again, it's it's too late now, but that seems to be the way we do things. Well, great scoop. And certainly we'll see how the story uh, evolves. Maybe we'll get uh, that 10 percent filled in with answers. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. There you go. So that is uh, the scoop. We get that from Sabrina Nanji, who is with the Queen's Park Observer, and it is those little digging. A little digging gets you a long way. We've got calls into Mr. Phil Verster. Love to have you come on. If the story is not true, maybe he can confirm that. 
But again, what did Sabrina just tell us that he couldn't have said two weeks ago? And, and it comes down to the fact that they don't want to be accountable. You know, their time, our money, our time. I mean, it's just, uh, oh, look, Heather's updating me. No to an interview, they'll give us a statement. Uh, save your paper, honestly. Uh, this is why I don't like these agencies. Like, no one is accountable. They don't have to answer questions. They can just put out their statement. And, and, and frankly, it's not good enough. We deserve answers because we own it. We pay for it. We're supposed to be able to use it. And if you're getting paid almost a million dollars a year, I don't think it's asking too much.